0: It's sun over the sea
1: is podcast number 284 entitled They Came From Beyond Space and we have just heard John Layton's Joe Meek produced single Son This Is She which is probably one of the most um, strikingly daffy and totally wonderful pop singles of its era. The singer has heard directly from God Son, this is she, just the nominative pronoun alone is enough to endear this song to us. The um, theme of the cast today is inspiration, and I draw inspiration from Joe Meek, because he, who was an independent record producer in London during the late 50s and early to later 60s, was a man of utter inspired musical flourishes and um, technical breakthroughs and uh, insightful um, notes and possibilities in almost every single song he ever recorded which includes hundreds mostly failed pop singles and yet what is so striking about Joe's productions is that for the most part he was dealing with lifeless, inert, and it the very best way of putting it, <clears throat> second-rate performers for a variety of reasons which I could go into, and I may have talked about them a year or two earlier. He was confronted with having to record mostly um, second-rate, uh, second-ratedly gifted people. It's just a fact, the important... Um, singers of the year or being recorded by um, other very marvelous uh, producers so he who was in my opinion as inspired if not more so than all the others, George Martin and Epstein and uh, Mickey Most and so forth, uh, was sort of almost forced, partly for financial reasons and a few other reasons as well, to record sort of groups, little vans of 17-year-olds who would drive down on a Saturday morning from somewhere in Sheffield and uh, ask <clears throat> to record with Joe. And then he would turn what was extremely mediocre derivative material into gold. And yet, because he was dealing with lousy, sort of not much talent, it never Really came off except in maybe three or four cases in which I could talk about but most of his songs the best ones are for our purposes those where he is dealing with limited talent and really not very the hook depth of song and yet he puts in uh, a sudden segue or a um, an instrumental interlude or a voiceover or reverb or what's called uh, a heavily condensed sound that lifts it to the stratosphere or in this case the heavenly chorus and the um, concept of the song, which by the way was also recorded by John Layton uh, to try to make some money in the continent in French. And the French version is not as good. You can listen to it on YouTube because they mute the religious angle. Um, that's what's so interesting. They, they 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 somehow thought they must be going to a more secular group. So they mute the religious angle en français, which is so strong in the English language version. Well, let's think about for a minute um, inspiration, your inspiration and my inspiration. And what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with human beings, me and you who are basically, who are flawed. Uh, Jonathan Linebaugh has sent me some remarkable quotations this week from letters uh, and journals of Thornton Wilder, quotes I had never seen before. Matter of fact, yesterday I was teaching at St. Matthew's Episcopal Church in Bedford, and I quoted one of <clears throat> Thornton Wilder's quotes, which John O had sent me. And A lady, a very literate lady in the congregation, was uh, utter, utterly... Uh, blown away by him. said, I have to have that quote. And I said, well, I'm not quite sure I know the exact source, but I can give you the exact words. I owe O something, because Thornton Wilder basically said that when he was attacked during the Depression for writing novels that were not really relevant to political or economic themes that many on the left in those days for a change were focused on, he said, no, I, these people who criticized me for not being <clears throat> sort of mo- more, more in the time, in the moment of the Great Depression, don't realize that uh, they think they were born just in 1900, to use his context, and they, they really um, don't realize that a man is not purely the result of uh, economic factors. Uh, he is uh, when you take the a burden from one group and place it on another economically um, you just then place another burden on somebody else now, there's lifting a burden in political, economic or temporal terms almost always means that human nature places it on the back of someone else and then later on uh, you, people come along to take it from the someone else and put it on back on the original ones there's a cyclical character of human the human problem and then he went on to say that the only really universal thing, that which all people of all times, this is Thornton Wilder speaking can relate to are are anger, and love, and surprise, and um, loss, and uh, those are the universal dimensions. Well, uh, that was an inspired note because it said that we are really um, dealing with a message that we need. All of us has been the victim of anger, loss, surprise, <clears throat> or. Um, um, love gone wrong, or love gone right. This is where we need it. We need hope we need We need what Joe Meek was tracking. Joe was a very, very flawed vessel, working with almost uniformly second-tier or almost lifeless performers. And yet, there was an inspiration that came to him. He had a musician working with him named Jeff Goddard. His He's a pianist, keyboard man, who was also inspired. These two men had a muse. Now, um, I'm thinking about you and your muse. And I'm thinking about the power in preaching, for example. You know, you, all, all you can say in the pulpit, you're you. You're nobody else. You can't be this person. You can't be that person. But you can look for... You have every right to ask for, and you've been given in many ways inspiration through the power of God. You were called to the ministry. You didn't elect to do it. And therefore, you're your faithful prayer to him is always inspire me, even uh, despite my um, anemia or my lack of feeling or my resentment or my jumping off the handle. I'm I'm personally, PZ, is a very impatient person and almost every mistake I've made that I can think of has been based on an impatient desire to get a desired end, but not to wait for it, not faithfully or peacefully or acquiescently to wait for God to do something, but rather to... um, to to push an answer, and uh, almost every mistake I made. Now the uh, this came home to me again uh, the other day, and uh, then I will c- close with two illustrations. Um, a of uh, uh, someone I know is a distinguished American musician, and she was. Uh, kind enough or humble enough to share her sort of pilgrimage with me and she said this she's a very well known musician and uh, she said when I was 18 I went to Europe I was looking for answers I simply dropped everything and went to France in fact to look for answers And uh, I wouldn't have said it in those terms, but that's clearly what I was doing. And I went into some of the Catholic churches, the the churches in Paris, and I got no answers. I'd been raised Catholic, she said, and I was looking for answers there, which is, of course, right. And I went and all all I got was beautiful, empty buildings and a lot of words. Well, the result was that this woman did, in fact, find something uh, overseas, but it was not uh, Christianity. She found another religion. And this other religion has enormous virtues. It's not mine, but it has great virtues also. And she became a a, a very, very persistent and engaged and enduring, and to this day... uh, extraordinarily conscientious conscientious um, adherent of this religion and it's helped her a great deal and I was so struck by the fact that our faith had given her nothing it was the husk the form without the substance the the, the surface without the matter and um, she'd gotten it somewhere else and I thought to myself you know we're all on this pilgrimage everybody's looking she was looking for something and in fact her certainly her gift that God has given her in musicianship has advanced to the first rank of uh, of honor in the world's terms, and I think it's well-deserved. Now, I only say that because we are... If you want to find uh, the inspiration that Joe Meek had, despite all, or that this... uh person I was talking to, or Mary and I have felt, you You often have to go somewhere. I do encourage you to consider pilgrimage. People sometimes will say to me, you know, I'm in a rut. I, I, I'm going nowhere. This job is, I've been in the, the rector of this church too long, or I'm, I'm just <clears throat> going through the motions, and I'm tired, or in my marriage, or with my children, or whatever it is, and I'm just feeling I'm really feckless, and helpless, and treading water. And I, I say, well, one thing you might consider is going somewhere. It almost doesn't matter where you go. If God understands that you're uh, search is personal and uh, consecrated and all in enough for you to go far. That's really, that is almost always answered. You know, you go, uh, what is it, draw near to me and I will come close to you. Don't say that's the law. It's not the law. It's just a, it's just a fact. It's an empirical fact. You, you've done it yourself. You've gone somewhere to find an answer and you've received an answer. If you just stay in the same old, same old, although you can be answered there, you rarely are. Um, we were looking at a movie that, some, a home movie that a friend of mine, Peter Pearson, had taken of Mary and me and a few other friends of ours in the spring of 1974. Here we had ended up, we'd landed in Nottingham, England during the worst coal strike almost in the country's history. No, and It was a sort of a cold-ish, late, Spring day in Nottingham, in the shadow of the Staveley Steelworks, and had I and Mary ever thought in a million years that we would end up—if we went to England, we might go to Hookham Hall or end up in some beautiful community in Norfolk or something like that, or the New Yorkshire Dales—but here we were in this urban sort of wasteland. Of uh nottinghamshire and uh and yet, and yet we received in this charismatic evangelical Church of England seminary magic. It's magic, it's like that song by uh America, that late single she can do she she can do magic, it was magic, partly because we had sort of for whatever reason laid down our arms and gone. Far away and received uh, enormous blessing. Well, what have I said? I've talked about pilgrimage. I've talked about that God's inspiration come to us as we are, although we seem to have to go somewhere to get it. Let me give you one more illustration. When I was preaching, (coughs) I taught homiletics at Trinity Episcopal School for Ministry in Ambridge, PA, and I was not allowed to do it for the first year. It was really, that's a whole other story. Oh, that's fun. Now isn 't that interesting you know because of all this Bluetooth stuff now I have a cell phone by my uh computer and uh, uh for some reason the uh, the phone goes into the uh my uh, tabletop computer, unbelievable! But I'll leave that on just so you can see what we're human here. Well, anyway, um, we uh, uh, here's an example. I was allowed to teach preaching finally, and I I should what I should have done. I, I wish I'd known then what I know now. I should have shown a few videos of some really wonderful preachers because we, although I had a, I focused on the message, and I hope that helped my students, our students, but. Um, I was thinking the other day, if I were to teach that class again, I'll tell you one thing I would have done. I was uh, watching last night a short, maybe two-minute video of Paula White as she was preaching yesterday at City of Destiny in Apopka, Florida. And I was watching it. And I decided not to listen to the words because we'd had so much input, so much verbal and uh, liturgical input in the morning, very good input, I might add, that I was just, uh, I couldn't hear another word. <laughs> words, words, words. But I nevertheless uh, happened to be on Instagram story, and I saw Rachel Knight, the daughter-in-law of Paula White. I saw her, um, Her. I saw she'd done a recording. So I turned down the sound of my phone and watched Pastor Paula as she preached. I watched two minutes of it. And what struck me was the inspiration in the woman's um, body language, in the way she holds herself, what struck me even without, and I believe the words are almost always inspired from her, I see her in Delphic terms, as you know, and I won't dwell on that too much, but I will say this, watching her for two minutes, just the the way she holds herself, her shoulders, her hands, her arms, her fingers, the way she walks and moves, the way she uses her legs, whether she walks fast or slowly, and often slowly, the way she doesn't overdo it. Her, her body language, as opposed to mine, which tends to be awkward and stentorian, and I tend to artificially augment an idea that I want to emphasize by the way I hold my mouth or the volume I give the thought. And watching with her, the use of the body language was so extraordinarily appropriate, so dramatic and powerful and balletic, but also restrained that I thought to myself, you know, this body language is not something that you can either even learn fully, this is inspired It is possible to be inspired. And I thought to myself after watching that, I wish I'd taken a group of my students to see and hear because the inspiration that can come through vessels that are, you know, all we are is who we are. Short, tall, you know, skinny, stout, uh, educated, you know, through the School of Hard Knocks Uh, or, you know... um, TMI and some Ivy League school and graduate school, Um, we all need inspiration. I saw it in her. I see it in Joe Meek. I saw it in my friend, the distinguished American uh, musician, who said that she'd found it somewhere else, and yet it showed. And I want you to think about inspiration today. I go to the fount, and I uh, need sometimes to go far away. But I always am saying, you know, despite my... Calcified and rigidified, habituated uh, human nature, which gets worse and worse the older I get, I'm still asking for inspiration from outside myself. nos, to quote the Lutherans, and I'm totally a Lutheran there. Extranos. And then, um, with the hope that God can not only give me the answers and the inspiration I need, but also can use me. I mean, use me. He can use, you know. Uh, he can use you. He can use us. And that gives me tremendous hope. Now, I'm going to conclude by playing to you an inspired song uh, performed by Peter J. Have you heard of him? Peter J. He was a protege for a short time, of Joe Meek. And his uh, performance of a song called Paradise Garden is another one of the all time wild. Notice I say all time and wild. Uh, pop songs ever created and uh, I hope you love it and I hope you see through it and I hope it gives you hope that you too can walk in Paradise Garden Thank you very much
0: Walk with me in Paradise Garden Talk with me In paradise garden, there's where all my dreams come true. Love will start in paradise garden, lost my heart in paradise garden, there's where